Good evening, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you, Pastor Darren, for the kind invitation for me to be preaching back here again. I believe I stood here many years ago, especially when there was uh, that family service, which, of course, now we are also having. So those of you who are teenagers, maybe you remember that I did something with you uh, in your children's church uh, under Sister Lindsay. Thanks for the scripture reading just now, and I'll go straight into it. The promise of God's presence. Just now, I don't know whether you all remember Dean's sharing of Bishop Raphael's third point. Where is the safest place to be? In? Thank you very much. See, Dean, they were listening. Well done. You're a good communicator, even though you say you stammer or you stagger when you were much younger. The key important verse or the important key verse in the two verses that were read that have got to do with the promise of God's presence are just five words. Next slide, please. Uh, we've read that, so I think we can skip that. I'll come back to that. Thank you. Let's all say it together. I will be with you. You see the words in caps, I will. And this I is none other than our Abba Father God. It's will, not I may be with you. You know, just like, you know, uh, the 4th of May, right? May the 4th force be with you. It's only a maybe. But here is not a maybe, it is a will be. I will be with you. Can you turn to the person next to you, behind you, in front of you and say, God will be with you. One to go. God will be with you. And then, oh, you got nobody. So say to me, say to me, thank you very much. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And of course you say, well, but I didn't really feel him. There are times in your life, my life, even in the church life, that God seems not to have fulfilled this promise. So let's take a look at how this promise was fulfilled in the Bible, in the person of Joshua, and God's people. As I was given to understand that you'll be having a pulpit sermon series on the book of Joshua. So this is like a precursor or a pre-introduction. So I would not do justice to give you an overview of it because you'll be, I believe, going through that. So in the Bible, God's presence can be understood or is understood by mainly in two ways. Next slide, please. Number one, God's omnipresence. Omni means all, all directional. Presence meaning that He is present at all times and in all places. So is God here? Is God up there? Is God outside? Well, you may say, well, that's okay. He's everywhere. And we look at Psalm 139, verses 7 to 8. The psalmist David actually wrote, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee or run away from your presence? Some of us want to run away from God's presence when God's presence is the safest place to be in. If I go up to the heavens, even if you take the space shuttle, <laughs> you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. Everywhere in God's created universe, 
He is there. So friends, children, we actually cannot run away from God. Remember who ran away from God and got swallowed up by a big fish? Very good, Jonah. All right, if your name is Jonah, sorry. I mean, no need to be sorry, right? Because you're not that Jonah. You didn't run away from God, I hope. But for some of us, maybe we want to run away from God because we want to do our own thing, not fulfilling God's purpose. The second way God's presence is understood in the Bible is this, these two words, God's manifested presence, meaning that He comes close and speaks to a person or a group of people. Just as you declared and acknowledged that, yes, God is here, God is there, God is outside, but yet I pray that God, through this message, through this service, service, has come close to you. That you feel that He has come close to you and that He's speaking to you, each one of you, including myself. And sometimes it is with signs and wonders. But some of us wonder where is the sign. You didn't get that? It's okay. You're still wondering. Where is God's sign of His presence? Let's take a look at Joshua 1 verse 1. Um, You'll be reading that soon, I hope, in the next uh, few months. Now, after the death of his servant Moses, some important person leader has just died. And if you have been his assistant, you will be grieving. God, why at this time? But God, the Lord, spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, assistant saying and those those words that we have read God spoke to Joshua saying I hope you are hearing what God is saying to you in your own private devotional times in your prayer moments in your faith walks I hope definitely I believe definitely during your church camp recently and even through this service and every service that you come into His presence. One of the promises that God made to, to Joshua is that I will give you a sign or there will be, uh, my presence will go with you. I beg your pardon. My presence will go with you. And look at Joshua 3. Let me just fast forward a little bit. Joshua chapter 3, verses 15 to 16a tells us that there was this incident and this miraculous moment. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan, which, by the way, was at full tide, not low tide, full, high tide, and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. Now, as... Pastor Darren said, I, I handle, I communicate, I teach gospel to children. And many a time, we find that some teachers will say, oh no, God parted the Jordan River. Is that correct? No, very good. He parted the Red Sea. But as far as Jordan River was concerned, he stopped the river upstream. So that what you actually get is like what you see now in this slide, there is a one-sided wall. Because upstream, God stopped the water and the rest 
continue to flow, but after there's no more flow into the Dead Sea. That's a different miracle. Praise be to God. If you look at the next slide, it shows where somewhere the Bible says in Joshua 3.16, there's this place called Adam. <laughs> Not our first man, Adam, but this was named after Adam. And somewhere up there, God stopped the river from flowing. And it took some time before, because the rest was still flowing through, right? Before this pile of water went up. So it required a lot of faith on those Levites who stepped into the water or at the water's edge to wait for the water to actually stop flowing, isn't that so? And here I would like to share with you that sometimes when we think of the presence or the promise of God's presence is that He said, I will be with you, but they say, mana ada, where God? Or when? My dear friends, brothers and sisters of Christ, children or grandchildren, grandparents, we need to be patient. That was one of those points that Dean also mentioned about being patient. If God promised, that's it. I don't know whether you've seen this plug where it says, if God has said it and I believe it, that settles it. Pretty true. But I want to challenge that. I want to stick out that, change that second phrase. If God had said it, or if God said it, whether I believe it or not, that settles it. Think about that. Because God's promise or the fulfillment of God's promise doesn't really depend on whether you believe it or not because He's God. He said it and it will be done. It's a matter of time. Yes, of course, we need to trust in what He has said. But if His promise or the fulfillment of His promise is dependent on our faith, a lot of times we would have walked out on God because He has at times delayed the fulfillment of his promise. Am I right? You think about that. Because a lot of times we ask God, when Lord, the psalmist actually asks, when Lord would you strike all my enemies? When? So the question should not be when. How? How are you going to fulfill this promise, God? Well, I want to share with you three things that the presence of God will give or gives. Number one, power. Everybody says power. power. Only one side is powerful. This side, no power. Hello. Just so in your song, you sang, in His presence, we come alive. Correct or not? So can you please show some life? Let me try that one more time. What's the word? The first gift of His presence is? That's more like it. Well, I see someone raise hands up. Someone. Very good. Thank you, sister. Well, as I said, I'll come back to Joshua 1 5, which is read. So, the words that were blamed there is that this power, this, this strength, or this ability, or this boldness, however you want to translate that, from this phrase, as long. Can we click that, please? Yes. As. Can you read that? No one. Ready, go. No one will be able to stand against you. All the days of your life. Okay, stop there. Is it only someone? No one. They say, hey, no one, eh? don't have, eh? don't have. Eh? No, no, it's not about that. Don't have. 
is that when there's someone, or if there are many ones who come at, to attack you, no one, none, will be able to stand against you. Not just one day, not just two days, not just three days. What does the Word of God say? All the days of your life. I thank God that's why I'm still standing here. Because all the days of my life, there have been people who attack me. Not just people, but the evil one, Satan. If he cannot attack me, he will attack my family. Because I'm involved in God's work. I'm trying to carry out God's purpose. Then maybe you say, wow, in Hokkien, hang ah, I'm not doing God's work. Well, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you will need to do God's work. Like what Dean has challenged us just now. Ask, what does God want me to do? You will need to ask that in order for you to actually experience this power so that when people come and attack you or ridicule you or persecute you or do or say nasty things about you, you will not be so hurt or you can be hurt, but you can bounce off those hurtful arrows. Praise be to God. That's the first gift of God's presence. Second one, let's see if you can do better than just now, is the word protection. One, two, go. Wow, very good. This is well protected. Well, not that you are not because you don't raise your voice. You see, the second part of that verse in verse 5, which if you click there now, it tells us that as I was with Moses, the one who has died and whom you are grieving, whom you respected, whom you admire, whom you say, wow, Moses, my hero. So I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know where that second phrase is being repeated in the Bible? Well, firstly, in verse 9, let's look at verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged or dismayed, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So whether you go up to the heavens, or you go down to the sea, or under the sea. Oh, really funny, huh? <laughs> Maybe that reminds you of finding, but Dory, is it? No. Nemo, or whatever, Little Mermaid, yes, yeah, 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 all right. We'll be with you wherever you go, praise be to God. And that, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, has been, re has been repeated in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. And because there's some children here, uh, I know some resting in the mommy's arms, but the rest of you, could you help remind yourselves and each other using your ten fingers? Because in a particular translation, it will, it will say, I will never fail you. Okay, this translation. Then, I will never abandon, is one word, huh? no three syllables, you. So you got five. Are you ready? Can you please lift up your right hand first, which is my left, I'm your mirror image. And as you wriggle your thumb in the finger, say those words, for God has said, you don't have to just say what God has said. I will say, for God has said. Ready, go. I will never fail you. Next hand. I will never abandon you. Now then, two, leaving that, turn to the person next to you or behind you in front and say, Mwah. Mwah. Hello, Jeffrey. Not to me, to him. That's God's promise of love. 
that He will protect you. I will never fail you or never leave you. I will never forsake you or leave you in a lurch. For some of the children, maybe, or young people, you might find that some of your friends have left you in a lurch. They didn't keep their promises or their promise to back you up or to be with you. Some of us in the workplace also, isn't that so? We got backstabbed, some front step. <laughs> Whichever way, we all have had it, isn't that so? But God will never fail you or leave you nor forsake you because He loves you. I, I like just now, um, okay, I like and I also don't quite like. Sorry, my occupational hazard eyes. When that phrase, uh, worship leader, don't mind me saying this, huh? because it's the first time I'm hearing that word. You know that I will live in remembrance? And then there was this line that says, God, uh, God said, I love you, and you are not finished yet. I'm not sure whether the you refers to God. <laughs> Does it refer to God? I don't know. Okay, never mind. Um, but because I, I, I showed this video clip on... Um, Hermie the Common Caterpillar. All right, I think Lindsay might have heard of it. Hermie the Common Caterpillar. And he's a common caterpillar who didn't know that he's going to be transformed one day to be a beautiful butterfly. But he wishes to, to be that butterfly that he sees flying around. Then he's got this friend, Wormy, who is the grey one. So they say, so Hermie talks to God one night. He's creator. I said, God, why did you not give us a beautiful home like the snail or the other caterpillars. Why do you give us such common colors? And God's answer was this. Hermie, Wormy, I love you and I'm not finished with you yet. Patience. God's purpose will come to pass and His promise will be fulfilled. But we need to hang on to this promise. And when we do that, but we believe that the first gift of God's presence is? Second gift is? Because He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then you will have this third one. And now you must say it with a smile and with a laughter at the count of three. One, two, three. Pleasures! Ah! No, no laughter, eh? How come? One more time. Could you please turn to the person and smile and say, Pleasures! Ready to go. Pleasures! <laughs> Or joy. You see, this in Psalm 16, verse 11, the psalmist says, In your presence. That's why it's the safest place to be. And not just safest, it is the most satisfying place to be because it's the most pleasurable, the most joyful. Because the promise is there is a little bit of joy only. In Bahasa Indonesia, sitikit, sitikit saja. In Mandarin, sorry, that's about all I know. Or Cantonese, What does the Word of God say? F-U-L-L-E-N-S-S. The word is? Not very full. Fullness of joy. Maybe someone will say, what? You mean you're happy all the time, man? I thank God that many people come to me and say, no, David, there's some, something about you. You're always joyful. I say, you don't know when I'm sorrowful. Thank you, Lindsay. But just as the Apostle Paul was writing the book of Philippians in, when he was in prison, 
What shampoo did he use? See, only Mabel knows our generation, this kind of joke. For young people, maybe you don't use this brand of shampoo. But maybe your grandparents might have. It's called rejoice. Correct. And then which one did Jesus use? Sidetrack a bit. Not like head and shoulders, knees and toes, man. No, 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 no. Yes, Jesus used, follow me. See, Pastor Darren, he used that, I think. <laughs> because he's following Jesus. <laughs> anyway, the young people say, Ah, you're so lame, so lame, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. My son and daughters will just say the same thing. Daddy, please, your joke's only good for adults. I mean, the older adults. But coming back to the Word of God, seriously. If you and I were Paul, I don't think we would have that bonus, the courage, the strength, the joy to tell the Philippine Christians, rejoice. Always. Not just rejoice sometimes. Rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. Can you try to put yourself in that position or that place? Maybe you have been there. You felt you're in some kind of bondage, you're in some kind of um, trap by the evil one. And you just wonder, when is this all going to end? The good news of the Word of God is that in your presence, in His presence, there's fullness of joy at your right hand, which is His hand of protection, His hand of power, are pleasures forevermore. Now you may say, well, then maybe we wait until eternity to, then to enjoy that. But this is a prophetic word that the psalmist has written in the Old Testament, which means to say it can be experienced in the New Testament and thereafter. And we are post-New Testament. So we should be able to enjoy God's pleasures so the question may be, is God happy with you and me? Or when will God be happy with you and me? Of course, when, when, when I do what God tells me, that's good. The other thing is when you're in God's presence. Because this is the Word of God that says, in your presence there are pleasures forevermore at His right hand. And other passages of scriptures in the book of Isaiah will say, I will strengthen you with my right hand. I will uphold you with, your right, with my right hand. When you walk through the deep waters, you will not drown. When you walk through fire, you will not be consumed because I am with you or I will be with you and I will lift you up or strengthen you with my right hand. That is a symbol of God's power, God's protection and God's pleasure. Hallelujah. So what is God's presence given for? The big word is mission. God's mission. See, the promise of God's presence to Joshua, that as he was with Moses, so he will be with Joshua. It is the assurance, next slide please, for God to be present with Joshua to fulfill God's mission for him to lead the Israelites into the promised land. They're now at the threshold, at the transition of leadership. And yes, if you were Joshua, if I were Joshua, maybe I would be, you know, answering this call with fear and trembling. Because Moses has done such a great job. And 
After 40 years, now my turn. And you know, the transition is that he's dead already, you know. Sorry, no more mentor to ask. No more pastor emeritus or leader emeritus to consult with. He's gone. Now that can be a very scary thing. For some of you who are in coming up into leadership positions, you may find, oh, where's the previous leader? Maybe gone to another country, gone to another church, or maybe dead. So who does Joshua depend on has to be God. And so we return to Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 to 7, where the words are repeated, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people. Now some of us may shy from what God wants us to do. But if these words are to be Rema words, that is God's Kairos words for some of you, take it to heart. God is saying to some of you, you are the one who will lead these people. And whether these people are the children here or the youth here like Dean has been doing with the young people or in the church council or even at a higher diocesan level, I believe God is saying to some of you here, you are the one who will lead these people. To possess all the land I saw to their ancestors, I would give them. Be strong and courageous. Be careful though to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. But so there was a depository, maybe not on uh, Google Drive then, but there would have been that personal downloads. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you'll be successful in everything you do. So that was for Joshua. What about for us? We have been given also God's mission. Everyone. Not us, the pastors, not us, the missionaries. But everyone, because in Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20, Jesus said to His disciples, firstly, in the verse that is not on the screen, but some of you will know, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me with that authority, with that power, with that protection, and with the pleasure of my presence, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, read those words in the bracket, ready, one to go. Now, notice that it's the present tense. God, Jesus, this day, all right, I will be with you. But I am with you always. So here now, he comes to the present. The present is right now. When you go and make disciples, discipleship making, evangelism, mission, and all that, in God's name, teaching them to observe all that God has commanded, look, behold, it's look here. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And therefore, brothers and sisters in Christ, boys and girls, parents, grandparents, three responses I want to share with you or leave with you. Number one, A, acknowledge His presence. Could you say one, two, go? Acknowledge His presence. But like I said just now, earlier on, some of us may not feel His presence. So here I take a quote from Dr. R.C. Sproul, um, who just passed away about six years ago the American Reformed theologian who said, I don't always feel God's presence, but God's promises do not depend on my feelings. They rest upon His integrity or His faithfulness. 
acknowledge that He is with us when we fulfill His mission. Secondly, because we acknowledge His presence, that He is here with me, He is here with us, be strong and courageous. Everybody says, be strong and courageous. How is that so? Because it was repeated for Joshua, not because he was a scary cat, but God just wanted to assure him and assure him and assure him that look, even though Moses has died, I am alive. I will be with you. So be strong and courageous because as Nehemiah 8.10 tells us, for the joy of the Lord is whose strength? My strength. Your strength, my strength. So whenever you feel that, you know, I don't feel God's presence, that means I don't have to do Maybe it's because you're not doing what God wants you to do. That's why you're not experiencing God's presence. It's not that God is far away from us. A lot of times it's we are far away from God. Last one, therefore, brothers and sisters, let's say together, one, to go. Carry out God's mission, which is what Joshua did. You see, the following verses in 10 and 11, he commanded the officers of the people, saying, prepare, basically. And then within three days, you will cross the Jordan River. And then when you come to that ver- the chapter that they were going to go into, he says, consecrate yourselves. Before, and because tomorrow, God will do amazing things. His manifested presence will be, pre- will be shown. So A, B, C, can you remember? Let's say it together. One, two, go. Acknowledge His presence. Number B, be strong and courageous. C, carry out His mission. Let's stand as the worship team leads us to draw close to God's presence. And as we prepare our hearts to do that, I would ask you just to just bow your heads, close your eyes right now everyone and if you sense God has manifested His presence to you through His Word through my meditation and sharing you sense that God has spoken to you and want you to do the ABC I would like to just pray a prayer of blessing over you and the quietness of the moments as the Holy Spirit moves around please do not be distracted focus concentrate because he's here and is coming close to you and so we want a response before you even sing draw me close to you let God see an indication from your heart through your lifting up of your hand so that I can pray a prayer for you could you do that right now Yes, just lift up straight, up high. Yes, God, you see these hands. You see these hearts that are reaching out to you, acknowledging your presence, wanting to be strong and courageous to carry out your mission. Lord, bless each one, O Lord. Bless each one so that they know and they know that you are with them and will be with them wherever they go to carry out your mission and purpose in their lives. 
for Christ's sake and in His name I pray. Amen.